No more poo-poo in my bum-bum. <laughs> yes, Tom. Okay. Yes. Save the baby talk for when you get back to Wales, mate. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 322 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for December 2020, sponsored by Dean of the Dead Hot Horror Sources, who has a new hot sauce out for December. Have you seen this one, mate? No, I've not at all. I've uh, it's there. Well, you missed this on social media. You know, Dean, he always names his, uh, his sources after horror films, doesn't he? And, and yes. ties all the advertising in with it. Well, this one is after the movie Krampus, which, oh. yeah, which I've seen. I can't remember much about the film, though, to be honest with you, mate. But I know of, it's one of those that I know I've watched it. I'm telling you, you must have watched it, surely. Yeah, I can't remember much about it, but... <laughs> I think that says a lot about the film. Neither of us can remember much about it. Anyway, you'll remember more about the hot sauce once you've tried it, I'm sure, because the hot sauce is called Cranopus. So, obviously, it's got cranberries in it, it's got cranberry juice, it's got sultanas, it's uh, the scotch bonnet, uh, hot uh, chilli pepper is the, is the pepper that's in it. It's got port in it. Uh, ground Ooh, almonds, yeah, nutmeg, all sorts of stuff. And like with all of Dean's sauces, anyway, there's no artificial flavours, no colourings, no preservatives. It's all natural stuff. So, yeah, grab yourself some Krampus and have it uh, with your Christmas meal and beyond. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah, that's his new sauce, mate. So uh, me and Tina were looking at it and thinking, yeah, we're going to have to order some of that. So, uh, yeah, again, and as always, all the details of Dean and Dean of the Dead will be in the podcast notes for this episode. Uh, right, we were saying before we started recording, mate, I've got plenty of stuff to chat about, <laughs> as opposed to the previous episode where I had like bugger all before we started talking about the movies. First things first, mate, me and you talking to Stuart Chapin, commentary for Shotgun, it's now online uh, for the world to enjoy. So people that follow us on the social media, you'll know. People that subscribe to our YouTube channel, obviously, you'll know. Anybody else you don't know, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, the 1989 movie Shotgun that me and Tom have talked about like so many times in the past because it's fucking amazing. And yeah, it's it's there with, with us two, mate, chatting with Stuart. <laughs> yeah, well, memories are there. Yeah, it's turned out really well as well. We've got some good feedback about it. And we are, uh, emails went off today, mate, again, trying to trace who owns the rights to it to try and get this elusive Blu-ray release for it, which would be good. This is the Yeah, thing. I yeah. mean, like I've said to you, I think the person you've emailed is the person to email, like whether they still have the rights or they were the last person to have the rights. You know, I think the last year we saw this person had the rights was three years ago. Yeah. So I think this is it. I mean, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Well, we've said, haven't we, if somebody approaches us and says, Oi, take that down, it'd have to be the copyright holder who says to you, take yeah, that, that down. Yeah, that would be the best thing. That, yeah. In a funny way, us being asked to take, have it taken down is the best thing that could happen. Yeah, because then we'd know, because wouldn't we? Because then we'd know whether the person wants to pursue 
what we want to do. So yeah. yeah. Because we'll see, we'll see. But yeah. in the meantime, it's there to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You can the the shotgun is still on YouTube just to watch. So you can watch it with and then without, uh, without then with commentary. I guess that'd be the way to do it if you've never seen it before, of course. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a good commentary. Stuart's brilliant in it. We're there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's so good to to watch it again with his commentary. And of course, you know he's no longer with us. It's another way to uh, to keep keep to keep his name going and to keep him in people's hearts. It's really good, and he is so funny in it. <laughs> I was oh, listening to a bit of it again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I miss his. I miss his witty comments on him on Facebook, um, mainly taking the piss out of me. <laughs> I have, I, he comes up on my Facebook memories every now and again. I've said some stupid shit or something or posted something, and, yeah, a few times he's replied to taking the piss out of me. So Yeah. Well, hey, we're yeah. out. He's we... a funny guy, and you'll find oh, yeah. if you find that out in the commentary. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the Skype avatar picture of you, mate, and it's you dressed as shotgun, so I think that says everything. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean... I'll never change that unless, like, I have a job interview or something. <laughs> It'd be a good talking point for an interview. It's like, Tom, do you normally wear a long blonde wig? <laughs> well, they don't know it's not a wig. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> it could have been your blonde period. Really good. Uh, right, sly stuff. You know I've got to have some sly stuff oh. in here. Oh. It's, you know, it wouldn't be, well, the, uh, wouldn't be me. Done now, walked across the street. Oh. <laughs> On the Sliced Alone shop, since we last recorded, they advertised two amazing one-sixth scale action figures, or dollies. Dollies, Dollies, as Dean likes to call them. One of Rambo, one, mate, of Cobra. And they look very, very good. Because it's from the official Sliced Alone shop as well. They look really good. (laughs) I love how you... Your voice just went down a dip, bit deeper. Oh, it was one of the, uh, the officials. So I was it's, uh, I'm trying to get some work with them, aren't I? I'm trying to do uh, hello and welcome to the Sylvester Stallone online. I'm, show. I'm on there now. I'm looking at the dollies. <laughs> they, they're going to be released in um, 2021. How much? Yeah, they're a bit pricey. <laughs> do you want to say how much they are? Do you want to give people a shot? Oh, I can't see the Cobra one, but the uh, Rambo 3 sixth scale action trigger, the Rambo 4. One six scale action figures, two hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Yes. Anybody anybody out there with two hundred and fifty dollars they'd like to donate for these figures? <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing is really cheap on that store, to be honest with you. Well, I, I was looking actually, I'm just browsing. The masks aren't too bad if you live in America. Yeah, it's Later postage back. that kills us over here. Oh, is it is it's extortionate even for the little things. Yeah, it's it's a killer. That's so, a hence why I've never ordered anything from there because it's not a Rocky Free all-purpose towel, and you will use it for all purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that poor towel. Oh, there'll be nothing left of it. It'll be just a mere rag. That's that's all that will be left. <laughs> Since we last recorded, as well, mate. There's been some anniversaries. Uh, I mean, as we sit here recording, it is the 9th of December. So, on the 27th of November, it was the 35th anniversary of Rocky IV being released. Nice, nice. I saw it at the cinema not too long ago. So Perfect timing. Perfect timing to see it, mate. 35th anniversary. Uh, we talked about in the previous show, we talked about the Kiss album, Asylum, because it was the 35th anniversary of that. On November the 29th, it was the 35th anniversary of the first date of the Asylum tour. 
as well, which unfortunately only went into North America, North America and Canada. Oh. Didn't go anywhere else, which is a pain in the backside because uh, it's been great to see them dressed up as they were on the Asylum tour. I'm did... still looking for an 80s Kiss shirt when they're not, you know, without all the makeup on. I mean, I've got some money for the birth from the birthday and um, went on there. And they've got a hot in, hot in the shade range. Mm-hmm. But they've got no photos of them all, you know. I mean, it's probably because they don't want to put out shirts of them looking like an absolute dog's dinner. But um, <laughs> I, I live in I live in hope that they they might do an asylum or an animal eyes or smashes thrashes or God even a revenge would do like range where they're just you know without makeup. I've That's got like yeah. I've still in fact I wore it the other day. I wore my revenge tour t shirt which has got them on, and I've still got my animalized tour t-shirt which has got them on and i've even got even though they didn't come over here on the asylum tour i've got an asylum tour t-shirt and i got it uh, because i think i think it's because i renewed i did something with my kiss army membership and part of it was you got an asylum t-shirt so this i've got that as well uh but yeah they do it's like rare these obviously you see the t-shirts with them sort of 80s period with no makeup on these days which is a pain yeah yeah it's all the makeup i mean i know they don't like that era much but mm. it's the best era if any if anybody's listening and you know help tom out you know 80s era kiss t-shirts with showing them without the makeup on hit us up yeah there's a yeah. store selling them doesn't matter if it's in america yeah let us know please yeah. send us an email yeah, send a link yeah definitely um some more some more dates here december the 7th 1984, Gremlins and Ghostbusters, both released oh. in the UK on the same day. How oh, my God. That, that was, yeah. That's a choice. What do you watch first? Gremlins. I'm always more Gremlins than Ghostbusters. I yeah. love them both, but I'm, I always lean more towards Gremlins, given the choice of the two. Uh, yesterday was the 40th anniversary of John Lennon being shot and killed. That went by quick, because I remember that happening. Um, and there's some, while we're on dates, let's look into the future. 80s related stuff happening in 2021, fingers crossed, because it's live gigs. On Ju- July the 11th in Hyde Park, how about this for an 80s gig, mate? Grace Jones. Nice. Chic featuring Niall Rogers. Nice. And the headline band, Duran Duran. That's, oh, wow. That's, that is a good line. That's a, that's a great one, mate. Fingers crossed for that one. Should. Yeah. Should be all right, um, summer. Yeah, you do. Well, you'd like to think, I think so. I'm um, not like we we talk about that much, but I think there's going to be. I think like Ticketmaster and other places are going to be like a a no vaccine, no entry thing. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if they do that, that or a negative um, test within 72 hours of a gig, I think if they do that, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I'd like outdoor gigs. I'd you know like outdoor gigs. I'd wear a mask. Yeah, um, because it's outside. But indoors, hot, sweaty, I might not. And if obviously you've got the reassurance that everyone's all right, so yeah, if you've got that reassurance, I mean, like yeah. you said, it's seven, eight months from now. You'd like to think everything does yeah. some yeah. sort of normality back by then. Yeah. Uh, by anyway, it, you know, we don't we we don't talk about that. We Sorry, don't talk, I uh, we don't elaborated let's, a little there. Yeah, let's 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 move on to um, yeah in November next year, UK tour, wet, 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 big in the eighties. <laughs> And now here's well, a band. Yes, they are. <laughs> Sorry about that dismissive <laughs> noise. 
Right, I, I've heard of this band. The name is familiar, right? Scritty. Oh, wet, wet, wet. No, oh, I definitely know it's Wet, Wet, Wet. And Marty Pello and his drug habits. That Anyway, Scritty Politi. You, you yeah, must... they're playing in Norwich. Exactly, mate. They're celebrating 35 years of their album, Cupid and Psych 85, obviously released in 1985. Right. It was apparently their most successful album. It had three top 20 UK hits, one of which right. hit, hit number 11 in America, was in the charts for 25 weeks. Do you know what it was called? Because I didn't. Scritty. <laughs> Scritty. Here you go. I'll Screw it. Let's let's listen to a tiny little bit of it. Yes, yeah, I might jog him on. Yes, it was called Perfect Way, and even listening to it then, I can't remember that at all. I don't hate it. I don't know. I don't hate it. It's all right. I, I, no, I can't say it rings any bells whatsoever. No, no, me neither. And that was their like huge hit. But yeah, you're right, mate. They begin their UK tour on the 21st of September, and the first gig is at the waterfront in Norwich, which is well, where you live. Well, what better way to celebrate 35 years in the music industry and have a song that's been in the charts in America for 24 weeks and going to Norwich, have a waterfront. <laughs> Stickiest floors in the country. Ugh. Bet they haven't been washed all this time. It's been shut. <laughs> oh, God, imagine the the doors are reopening to the to the waterfront, and it's yeah, just as sticky. Somehow even stickier. Oh, just a, you know, an inch of dust everywhere on top of it all. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, there's there's quite a few uh, anniversaries that have happened and are upcoming next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, before I move on to a couple of other things, over to you, mate. What have you got for us? Well, first, it's not really 80s related, but I sent I sent you a link to a YouTube video or Twitter, I can't remember which, hmm. um, about an hour or so before we started with instructions to watch it. And it's further proof that Netflix are just making things specifically for me. <laughs> now it's... Um, They've looked at your watch list on Netflix, mate, and gone, right, what else can we make for Tom? Yeah, it's lit. It's a. I, I don't know exactly what the show is, but it's a show about the history of swear words, hosted by Nicolas Cage. I'm in. That's all you need who, to know. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the video already. It's like a minute and a half where he's describing. I won't say. I won't spoil it by saying what he's describing. Um, <laughs> um, and he's descri- He's describing this word just, and it's just so Cage. Just the way he's talking and how he's saying it and painting at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know really what to expect from this show, but if it's anything like that, it's going to be good. Yeah. Nick Cage hosting a show about swear words. It's, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I think next year is going to be a big Nick Cage year because you've got that. You've got the Amazon Prime show where he's playing Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like Tiger King's like a distant memory now, but... I didn't think I'd be interested in anything to do with Tiger King again, except Nicolas Cage playing Joe Goddick in a TV show. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't watch Tiger King, but I'm going to watch this show again, purely, yeah. purely because of Nick Cage. Yeah. And then there's a film where he's playing like a version of himself from the 90s. Yes. 
Yeah, that's that's going to be good. And the one where you're battling the, the robots at the theme park, Wally's Wonderland. It's like, this is going to be a big, good year for Nick Cage <laughs> and his obsessive fans. <laughs> we need to try and get him on an interview show, mate. I mean, um, if only he was, I mean, I like the fact he's on social media because he's just like, he's one of the few enigmas left in the world. <laughs> he is. Like, if he'd been if he'd been on social media, we'd know this show was coming and he was in it. He would say, he'd say he was filming it. But no, this is video just appeared today. Now, there he is just painting and describing a swear word, not a swear word, but a word um, in detail. And it's... That's like, yeah, I love it. And then every now and again, like, oh, yeah, he's doing this film where he battles robots in a theme park. Oh, yeah, he's doing a film where he plays a version, a version of himself. Oh, he's playing a film where he's a jiu-jitsu sensei. I'm just like, oh, I love him. I would take a bullet for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently he lives in England. He lives like, I don't know if it was uh, Rob Beardsley. He said it was like he Cornwall does. area or somewhere like that. He does. He's like, I'm going. I'll go door to door through the whole county. Every, just knocking on everybody's it door. It like months <laughs> till Nick Cage answers. And I'm just about, I love you. Yeah, and then that's and then walk away happy that you've done it. Yeah, I'm just I've told he knows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. also looking forward to. There's a bit of a wobble. Like, will tickets come out for this? What's happening? Why are tickets delayed? But next Wednesday, we're recording this on Wednesday the 9th, next Wednesday the 16th, Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. is being released in cinemas in the UK. It's happening. It's good. I mean, I, it's, I honestly didn't expect it this year. No, uh, no, me neither. Obviously, everyone knows about the Warner Brothers. It, well, in America, the Warner Brothers HBO Max yeah. deal for their 2021 slate um, cinema and HBO Max for the first month, cinema only for the second month, then premium streaming for month. We you know after that, I mean, premium streaming, you're not going to get a lot of money from that after two months in the cinema and one month on HBO Max. But mm-hmm. yeah, but um, yeah, but I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what that means for UK, but I would imagine because we're in a better place in America, we'd probably get all these films in the cinema. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Yeah, so I think that's some. Um, it's 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 just good that someone's got a plan. Like you can't just keep bumping these films back. Um, <laughs> James Bond, uh, we're looking at you. Yeah, but like there's rumours like Bond's being bumped again. It's like you can't just keep doing that. Like, you, like the studios need to come up with a plan. Like, what are we doing for these films in 2021? Because it, they putting all their eggs in America and America cinemas, unfortunately, you know, is going to take longer. Whereas. British, you know, cinemas in the UK and internationally are opening up again. So, and there's money to be made. So, like, I think it's as good as they can do. Um, I can understand why all the directors and people that work at York Warner Brothers, like Chris Nolan, are all pissed off. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a plan that still, you know, it's not like they're not putting the films in cinemas. So, yes, it, they are still, you know, if people, you know, people have the option, then. Um, but yeah, Wonder Woman 1984, very much looking forward to it. We're the first reviews. Have been very good. They have, haven't they? Yeah, good word of mouth. Yeah, one of them comparing them to like Richard Donner era Superman. I'm just like, well, that is my ultimate superhero <laughs> film. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's huge, huge praise. So, yeah, cannot wait. Like, I was, I was just like, obviously, didn't think it was going to happen because everything was getting bumped. And then I think the tickets were supposed to go on sale on Monday, and they didn't. And Odin were being cagey about answer about what when they're going to sell. And I'm just like, oh, I've got to say to a friend who she was looking forward more than me to book tickets. 
I was just like, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. There's some some unease going on. But no, the gun on sale. Can't wait. Looks really good. Really good. And obviously, 1987. Exactly. Yeah. So, of course, there'll be some chat yeah. about it in the January show, I am sure. I will. Yeah. And also, I shall chat about it in the January show because this is getting into the, uh, the slightly dry section where I don't have a social life at the moment. So, all I. The most interesting things that happen is um, the odd film I see at the cinema and stuff that comes in a post. Mm. So um, I did a blind buy from uh, the good people at Vinegar Syndrome um, in America and ordered Deadly Game or Dial Code Santa Claus, a film from 1989 from France uh, that may or may not have been the inspiration for a certain little film called Home Alone. Bloody hell! This I mean, I, doesn't I sound don't familiar. Know. Well, sorry, go on. I was going to say it doesn't sound familiar to me. I don't think I've seen this film, Deadly Game. Home, home invasion. Kid's got a granddad, but like, you know, tools up against the, the burglars. I think that's the general premise of it. It's more of a violent horror than Home Alone. So yeah, yes, I will let you guys know how that is um, in the next the next time. Quite looking forward to it, I and mean, obviously it comes loaded with extras. I think there's a 90-minute interview for director, um, 45 minutes with one of the stars. There's a music video from Bonnie Tyler doing a Christmas song that's on the soundtrack. Wow! So um, yeah, I'm well in for that. So hopefully it's a blind buy, like Rad from Vinegar Syndrome earlier in the year. Nice. Oh god, I also um, blind bought when drunk on a Zoom call. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, what was it? What was it? Because I can't even remember now. But it was in their Black Friday sale. They put it up in their Black Friday. And I I lasted two days without, no, one day, (laughs) one day without buying it. And then I caved. Um, It's a double bill. Yeah. Of, um, (laughs) I remember, I remember, Martial Law 1 and 2. With uh, Cynthia Rothrock, David Carradine. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got both films. Yeah, double pack. Yeah, I bought that. But yeah, I ordered that trunk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's come from the Vinegar Syndrome are good. They do some good shit. They it's do, expensive, yeah. though, so I can't yeah. dip in too much. Um, yeah. Nothing wrong well, with a little, a little I, treat. I post- Sorry, go on. Nothing wrong with a little treat now and again, mate. Like that. Oh, yeah, we'll see you. No, it's my birthday. It was my birthday weekend, so yeah. I treated myself. Um, also arrived today was Arrow's. Um, uh, version of the last starfighter oh nice which is my first american arrow blu-ray oh okay so it's not out in the uk on um, blu-ray um, from arrow over here uh, it got a second site release a few years ago didn't it mm-hmm. yeah and then that's gone out of print so no it looks really nice and also um i'm doing i've got a bit of a bruno matai thing going on at the moment so i've got robo war on blu-ray as well <laughs> So after watching oh. Cruel Jaws, and I'm just like, I love Italian rip-off films. Yeah. So um, next up, I'm because I'm saving up nectar points and get these for free, basically off eBay. Yeah. Um, uh, the Terminator one stakes. I've completely blanked what it's called. Not Terminator Woman. No, not that one. Um, what's it called? <laughs> it's, it's gripping. It's great how you scraping. What's the name of it? Shocking this? Dark. That's it. Sorry about that. Shocking Dark. I don't even know that one either. Yeah, that's one that's more of a Terminator ripoff. Robo Wars, more of a combo. Um, Robocop, Predator, ripoff. Uh, yes. 
some good viewing to come. Nice. How are you, how are you um, feeling now that you're a year older, mate? Obviously, you mentioned we mentioned it in the previous show that it was you know it was going to be your birthday on November the thirtieth. How are you feeling now that you're a year old? Is it? I mean, it doesn't really feel like anything. It was a quite a quiet, subdued day. I saw some friends in a bubble. Um, and now, you imagine if you'd have said that to me at the beginning of the year. I saw some friends in a bubble. I'd be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> now I, that makes I, perfect sense. Now I, I worked as well i mean i just did like i hadn't booked for time off because i guess i would have the week i had the weekend off before so i would have if i imagined my theory was i would just i would be doing something on the weekend rather than a monday mm-hmm. um so yeah just worked and then took up with friends in the evening and that was it really it was a bit of a yeah i mean i don't feel like it was a you know a birthday birthday you know didn't see family or anything yeah so yeah it was a bit a bit weird but yeah, lockdown birthdays. So. That's, it. That's it. Next one will be different. Yes, it will. Yeah. Yes, it will. A double birthday. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? I think. Anything, anything else? Uh, no, you go you, back to you, Dave. Well, I, well, obviously, I think, well, birthdays, then it's the perfect segue into this. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> yes. I was hoping every episode. Am I going to have to press this button? Yeah, I am. Uh, it was it was a bad time if your if your first name began with the letter D, because out of the four people that I've got on my list, three of them their first name begins with a D. Uh, Dave Prowse he passed away aged eighty five. Eighties connection obviously Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He was Darth Vader yes. in those. But to me and people of my generation, he will always be the Green Cross Code Man. <laughs> it's always always that me and team i think have you met dave prowse in the past i think yeah um, i've not met him but i've seen it like he did one of the norwich mm. conventions and he was quite close up so we met him i think two or three years ago at the one in, in Wrexham, Wrexham comic con um might have even been a little bit longer than that he and he's he was quite frail then mate yeah you know he was um yeah, I mean, he was in his 80s, for God's sake. I'd still, you know, hopefully, if I get to my 80s, uh, what mind being in the condition that he was in, but for, you know, because he was such a fit guy. Mm. Um, it's it's. I think that takes its toll even more when you're used to seeing them in their prime and then you see them, you know, all these years later and, you know, age has, has taken its toll. He was, he was quite frail. So, yeah, he passed away. Uh, another one that begins with a D. And I'm not a football fan at all, as you know. Diego Maradona, he died age 60. The massive thing, even if you're not into football, the 1986 World Cup and his infamous goal, hand of God goal against England. Uh, a lot of people know that even if you're not into football. He was quite infamous with that. And he was a really good footballer too. But I think he he lived life, you know, burnt the candle at both ends, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, everything. everything that can get up his nose went up there. So. Yeah, everything... And I think alcohol and... Everything. I mean, it wasn't, like, the most shocking, like, cause no. of death. You get it a lot with wrestlers. You know, they just snort everything yeah. in their sight during the 80s, the hedonistic 80s, and then, like, later in life, sudden heart attack. I mean, it, yeah. it catches up with you, unfortunately. It does, yeah. Well, speaking of wrestling, mate, Pat Patterson, who I didn't oh, know... Didn't. Yeah, he was age 79, and it, it was just something 
that popped up on my news feed. Like I said before, I don't go looking for people that have died. It's just if it pops up on, you know, the, my news app and it come up and it said for 1980s wrestling, it was like, or, well, he was he was before then, but during the yeah, 80s, more like 70s and before. He yeah. was more, um, <clears throat> he's probably more known or, well, like, he was, you know, he's quite an accomplished wrestler, but like, he came up with a Royal Rumble and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he like he wrote quite a lot of the big 80s stuff so and worked behind the scenes so he's probably you know would be better known for his behind the scenes stuff but yeah I know he was an on-screen <coughs> excuse me he had an on-screen lackey character of Vince McMahon so like the, like the peak the boom of the late 90s it was sort of like comedy role yeah. with uh, another uh, wrestler of the same age so yeah yeah that was a shame mm. uh, and finally Daria Nicolodi, the partner yeah. of, yeah, of, of course, with Dario Argento. They're the daughter of Asia, and she was in Inferno and Tenebrae and Phenomena and Opera during the 80s, uh, Suspiria before that, and, and wrote it as well. Uh, yeah, she she passed away aged 70, which, again, isn't, you know, a huge age to go. And um, no, no. loads, I mean, God, we, we've seen her in loads of times, haven't we? <laughs> Argento movies, she was like a staple of those during the 1980s. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, somebody else, uh, sadly, no longer with us. So, yeah, four people in this one. But I have got... We've got to have some lighter-hearted good news after after death. Uh, the 2024 Olympic Games are going to be held in Paris. <laughs> I know where this is going. And making its debut in the 2024 Paris Olympic Games is a new Olympic sport, breakdancing. <laughs> it was on I'll the news. You, I'll tell you one person who won't be, but who won't be on the American team because oh. they won't have passed a drug test. <laughs> as soon as I saw that on the news the other day, I thought, America, please bring back the, your two best hopes for this. With with he would never, never <laughs> Shabadoo and Boogaloo Shrimp. He'd show up with coke coming out of his nose. <laughs> Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, we've done interview shows with both of those, and they're out on our feed. Go and have a listen to those. One was an absolute delight. The yes. other was a train wreck. <laughs> and we'll leave you to listen. To figure out who was who. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it did. Uh, it did raise a giggle when that came on the news the other day about breakdancing being in the 2024 Olympics. That's uh, all I could think about. Was that? So that would be, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, that's me done for sort of 80s rated stuff, mate, unless you've got anything. No, that was it. Really. Again, I, was, I have that feeling like, was there something else? But I don't think there was. Right. Well, I guess it's time to move on to our, uh, well, first time watch pick, which was my choice. So let's just sit back for a second, have a listen to this, and then we'll have a little chat about it. You're on hallowed ground here. We're about to witness something that no one else on Earth has ever seen before. Let's see if you can handle this! Guess this is your lucky day, you cat. Welcome to the North Pole. Santa! <laughs> Kate Pierce. How did you get here? You and Jack are supposed to be on vacation with your family. Our shuttle fell into this wormhole. Have a nice trip. 
Mrs. Claus? Uh-huh. Ah! Ah! What is that thing? Use an F. You're in Santa's village, the real one. Wow, this is incredible. We have over 300,000 shops in the village. Whoa. Everyone designed by Mrs. Claus. <laughs> she designed this place. I think it should be called Mrs. Claus's village. Me too. Well, I never thought of that. Of course you didn't. What is that? That is the Christmas star. Created by the forest elves in 312 AD. The star protects us and keeps us hidden. And I'm here to steal it. What's happening? I'm gonna make everybody forget that the North Pole and Santa Claus ever existed. Bell's nickel. This is bad. Without the star, the North Pole, the village, Christmas is doomed! Like for this year? Like forever. We can't let that happen. Christmas must endure. Let's do this. We have to stop him. <laughs> Hold on tight. This might get a little rough. Isn't it dangerous out there? I'm arming you with these. You're arming me with cookies. You spend every hour of every year getting ready for one lousy day. Happy Sunday! Come on! A day that brings joy to children all over the world. And that will never change. Sometimes I think you actually enjoy these little dangerous escapades. I, I, well, I, I, eh. And yet again, we don't really need to say much, mate, because the trailer has explained everything. Uh, yeah, Christmas Chronicles 2, 6.1 on IMDb. Uh, the synopsis, Kate Pierce, a now cynical teen, is unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. Uh, we watched, didn't we, the original one back when it was released in 2018? Yes. Both enjoyed it. Both looking forward to watching uh, yeah. part two. Obviously, the 80s link, Kurt Russell, Goldie Horn, Great couple to play, you know, Father Christmas and his wife, as we've uh, we've said offline. Uh, the story. Okay, then. So you've got... You've got the two kids from the original. I'm presuming people listening to this have seen the original. If you haven't, you've got, you've got to watch the original, really, before you watch part two. So go and watch that. Uh, but for everybody else that has that has seen it, of course, it's the, the two kids from the first one. They're now grown up. The boy, Teddy, has grown up so much that he's not in this very much because he's not a boy. He's uh, He's got hairy arms and legs, as you see at the beginning of the film. So he has to be kicked out quite early. So it's mostly, it focuses on Kate. And her mum, because her, her dad has passed away now, her mum has got a new uh, partner. And he has a son himself who is called Jack. And Kate, Kate in this is a bit of a brat, to say the least. And uh, they, they storm off. It's because Father Christmas and his wife, they're at the North Pole, and all these elves that play a prominent part in this, there's one particular one called Bellsnickel, who is computer-generated when he's like the little elf, but when he turns into a human, he's played by Julian Dennison, actor from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. And, of course... Ricky Baker! Ricky Baker! <laughs> and uh, Deadpool 2 as well. 
Uh, Once rejected, now accepted. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not there yet with seeing him in other stuff. You've still got to accept him in other stuff, have you? It's it's Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker's in this film, (laughs) actually. Oh, awesome film. Uh, yeah, he's, so Belsnickel is a, is a naughty elf and he gets turned into a human and he, he wants to basically just mess up um, the Father Christmas and the, and the North Pole. And, and it, I, I don't want to give too much away. They, uh, an adventure ensues where Kate and Jack, her new little stepbrother, they end up going to the North Pole and trying to save Christmas as, you know, once again. Right. Directed by Chris Columbus this time, who has got form. Yeah. He's got form. Yeah, for making family friendly, well, family friendly Christmas films as well, not just family friendly. I mean, yeah, films. he is like, he wrote Gremlins. Mm-hmm. He directed Home Alone. And did he direct Home Alone too? I think he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the man, right? Yeah, that you're going to bring in to do this. And you'd think, okay, that's this. And just generally like family films. I think he did Adventures in Babysitting and stuff like that. It's, this is it. This is the guy. Yeah, to bring in for this. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, some of the writing team, one of the main writers, is still the same guy. It's Matt Lieberman. He wrote the first one, along with a few others, of course, but he's the main writer, so he's back on board again. Uh, mm. Goldie Horn in a bigger part this time from the first film. So you think putting all these pieces together, this is going to be outstanding. Now, not to give the game away. Yeah, it was good as the last one. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as the as the first film. I think it's no. it, this is all right. It's 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 not a shit film. I don't think no. it's it's as good as the first one. And from what I've read online, uh, review scores, people talking about it, it seems to be most people think it's not as good as the first one. Reasons for yeah. me why it isn't is uh, I think because a lot of it is. Well, there's a couple of a couple of main things. One is is the all the CG elves take up far too much of the screen time for me, and I'd rather yeah, I'd rather my, see. Yeah, I I agree. Like, um, there's too much of it, and there's I thought this in the first one, but there weren't there wasn't that heavy on it. It's like the they're like the minions. Mm, yeah, the minions are shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like a bit like you know it's like oh you know because i mean like i know like the language they're speaking is like legitimate but it like you know like you know that sort of mm-hmm. stuff and it's like they just feel like the minions so yeah i agree yeah. wholeheartedly with that it was i was more engaged with it when there was the human characters on screen even when it was the girl kate who is an annoying character in it because she has to be, it's her that lead to a lot of the events happening. Even when she was on screen, it was a lot more engaging to watching her. And especially, I mean, just pop Kurt Russell on screen all the time, for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah why isn't Kurt Russell or Goldie Horn on the screen? Yeah, that's what you why want. Why is other stuff happening? Yeah. I mean, like, and I've got I've got to wonder, the, the brother character in it, I hope he got the paid the same as he did um, for the first one, because he was in it. Twice he buck ended it, and I mean he got he probably got a nice holiday because he was just like the second time he's in he's just lying on the beach so hopefully he got a, a good holiday out of it but yeah he was not in it much so so if you're a fan of him if, from the first one you yeah know. if you if you think he's a hunky dreamboat then I'm afraid you'll only see him twice mm-hmm. so. yeah <laughs> and his character in it because he has to be written out because you know figure him because he was too old really for the you know they wanted kids yeah. to go off to the North Pole. 
um yeah, yeah his, his his actual character the brother he's he's shit as well because you know, like you said you see him at the end of the film on the beach doesn't give a fuck about where his sister and his stepbrother's been. It's like, oh, well, uh, they've just parachuted from the air off Santa's sleigh. Yeah, but, yeah, but Santa was there, so, hmm. I mean... But, but yeah, no, been, he wasn't, there you'd, wasn't you'd much have of a concern. That, like, no, before... I mean, but, of course, all that happened in the space of a day, though, so maybe he was like, oh, oh, you know, like, not more time, you know, like one of those dealies where more time had passed at the North Pole than did... Yeah. ...on the beach. But it's even so, there would have been like a oh you're not at the kids club, yeah, which is what they're supposed to have been doing. Because that's where place. they parted ways. Kids club. I'll see you later. Yeah. You didn't, you know. It's, it's the next day, and he's not even thought. Yeah. Still not seeing my sister anywhere. So, yeah. Probably hanging out with Santa. Yeah, I'll go to the beach, have a drink, lie down there, then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Santa will drop him in on parachutes at yeah. some point. <laughs> but with those, we're having these CG elves having a lot of screen time as well that naturally led to a lot of the humor being very kiddie orientated now it is a family kids film it's pg but from what i can remember and i don't remember the first one very well it's two years since i've watched it i only watched it the once and i really enjoyed it but i seem to remember and anybody listening please correct me if i'm wrong i seem to remember the humor in it being a little bit more balanced between kids and adult humor a bit like pixar movies you know they're made for kids but there's a lot in it that adults can take out as well this really yeah. seemed dumbed down for younger kids movie especially all of the bits with the elves which took too much bloody screen time in it did did you feel like that that you felt this was more you know the target audience the age group had really dropped for this as opposed to the first one Honestly, I can't remember the sort of humor that was in the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, it did seem, you know, like with all the CGLs and stuff, it did seem quite kidified, although you can't really, you know, as you say, you can't really know too much considering it's a family film. But, I mean, I can't really remember. I mean, like, like just generally speaking, the two kids in the first one were a bit older um, than the youngest kid in the new one. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the mum's new boyfriend's son yeah. character. So, yeah, and there were... They said, but yeah, I can't actually remember the sort of balance, to be honest. Hmm. I did like... And I didn't dislike all of the CG in it. I liked the CG reindeers in it. And one of my favourite snapshots of the film is when the reindeers are flying and it, it sort of zooms into this close-up of this reindeer's face with this shocked look on its face. And I don't know what it is about that, just that one split second. It was like, I, lo- I loved it. That's the main thing that stuck in my head, is this reindeer's face with a look of panic in its eyes. I thought, yeah, that that was really good. But the, the other stuff, it just, it got a bit wearing. It was like, oh, here's more shit with those crappy CG elves. And it's not that the CG was shit, it's just... There was, I just wanted them off screen. It's like, oh, I've seen enough of you. And again, you know, get get Kate Russell and Goldie Horn back on screen and doing stuff because they're great every time they come on screen. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're really good. I'm glad there's a musical number in it again, of oh, course, yeah, yeah. which was good. I enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, it, there's that that whole scene. I mean, it was kind of surplus to requirements when you look at yeah, the running time. Yeah, yeah. But then on the other side of it, the coin, it's. Uh, it's probably one of the best bits in the film, a musical like, routine. Like, like Kurt Russell was singing 
Kersal is playing in my own shades playing a sax. <laughs> I, I mean, it's worth watching the film just for that. Yeah, definitely. It is, yeah. Kurt Russell just, just doing that. Because it is, you know, the, the whole, you know, the narrative as a whole, kids save Christmas again, as they did. Yeah. They've just thrown in a naughty elf who's turned into a human to throw that into the mix and, you know, a stepbrother as well, thrown that into it. But the same things are going to, and you know how it's going to end. It's not going to be some sort of nuclear war or Bell's Nickel's going to go bonkers with an AK-47 and wipe people out. You know, you know it's all going to end well in the end and everybody's going to be safe. Uh, it's you know you go along for the ride in between. It's just I didn't get bored with it. I got no, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was it was probably too long, but yeah, it, it's coming in at what hour fifty two, and it is yeah, it's it generally is. longer than what we watch on this show. <laughs> we like done and dusted in ninety. We minutes. Like seventy to ninety minutes. Generally. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And then we we want out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the, so yeah, too long. Not the story wasn't really good. I mean, obviously with Chris Columbus directing it, you know, the, it was directed really well. And, you know, there was some good the action pieces in it sped along fine. You could see everything that was going on. That's been one of those things with you know action scenes where you can't see what was going on. But it just it was just a bit too bland. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> it was a bit too bland for me. Um, and not disappointing, just, just, hmm, yeah, I'm ready for this to finish now. I don't know. Do you think there will be a third one? Because, you know, things like this, they normally, oh, there's the trilogy. Do you think in I two mean, years' time we'll be looking at the Christmas Chronicles 3? Yeah. I mean, like, you if so? you look how long it, it's been out a few weeks now, and you can see how long it's been on Netflix's, the top of Netflix's charts, and you know how many millions and millions of people it will take to get up there you know like when they release the figures of how many people have watched whatever it is around the world and they're just like tens of millions so yeah loads of people are going to watch that over christmas it's going to be a big money maker for them oh see my so, yeah absolutely my fear is that they'll go even more overboard on the cg elves if they do make part three and it'll be because oh, you know what can they do i think they'll take it away from the north pole and you know Santa and his wife will come to oh, America. Dave, all they would have to do is cast alone as Santa's brother and you'd be there like... <laughs> yeah, I'd be in there. That'd be fine. Yeah, I think they'll probably do something like that. Maybe not Stallone, but they'll do some sort of, um, you know, other sort of 80s legend or 90s legend sort of stunt casting and... Uh, whether it's a bad guy or a family member or something, and then you know that's the hook for the next one. Because so. we did talk about this it. one's basically. Oh, remember Goldie Horn was in it right at the end for that one scene cameo. That yeah. well, she's in it the whole time. This does so. Yeah. I think yeah, I think that'd be. I'd be surprised if there's not a third one because right, I, I don't know how it works if people watching a show on Netflix and how, and that, how that generates cash for Netflix, but it does so. Mm. Yeah. 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 So even like you said, even though you know I'm pissing and moaning about it, it's, it's for kids. What are they doing making this for kids? I I know I'm not the target audience for it. Although, like you said, for us, they've thrown in Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn for you know the likes of us that are a bit older and are not too asked about CG elves. So yeah, maybe that's. I think that's good. Yeah, part three they do throw in somebody else for the mums and dads out there, and 
grands and granddads, etc. And um, yeah, throw in more bloody elves for the kids. So it was, it's fine. If you've watched the first one, you've got to watch the second one. You're going to, no matter what, it was just, I just wanted a little bit more than there was to it. Um, yeah, bland, which is why I've not got really a lot more to say about it because... Yeah, there's not really like, you know, there's like uh, one of my favourite scenes was actually in the trailer where, um, of scenes, moments, uh, where Goldie Hawn uh, was like, oh, you, uh, like sometimes I think you like, you know, going on these adventures or whatever it is they send the trailer and he, he's just like, yeah, right. <laughs> mm. It's just it's, it's just their delivery, their delivery of those lines. It's just like, yeah, that's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it should just be those two going off on an adventure together. Yeah, in yeah. The yeah. I mean, they were apart for quite a bit of the film. I don't know if that might have had, you know, she was with the um, the younger lad, and yeah. you know, he was with the the girl from the first film. Yeah. I mean, you just want them on screen together as much as possible. Well, they were. There's plenty of them on screen together, but uh, more. And it was, it was clunky, though, as well. And again, I know it's a kid's film, but when you're watching it and then there's the scene, they go back in time to 1990 and they're in an airport and Kate, the little girl, sits next to somebody. And as soon as she sat next to him, me and Tina said exactly who this kid was. And it's, Well, it, I didn't. Yeah. I thought that. And then I was just like, no, it can't be because of, like, for time. And then I was just like, well, actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, 1990 is, like, 30 years ago now. And I yeah. suppose, it's, like, he died young. Yeah. Would just about work. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they worked it out, but it just, oh God, it made me feel old. <laughs> Why like, is, is this character who's dead in 2020 a child in 1990? What's like, <laughs> that's what's happened with old people in films. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, that was, as I said, that whole scene, with, even if it was, like, if you had to cut anything, you'd cut that because it's all kind of pointless. But yeah. it was also the best sequence in the film. Yeah, yeah, true. Because it's just big music, song and dance number. Yeah, that was good. Um, nice retro setting, yeah. all that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was all. Everything was just telegraphed. You knew exactly, even to the point with uh, Jack, the step brother, being given a couple of gingerbread cookies um, by Mother Christmas, and her telling him that they got special powers. And one was, you know, it explode, and the other would give him courage. And we're like, no, the other one's just a normal cookie. It's, it's a way for him to discover his own inner strength. And yes, he discovers it was, his own. It was you all along. I did a groan at that. It's like, <laughs> oh, that is so. That was, yeah, corny. Done before. Corny. Uh, we did have a couple of people um, send us a couple of yes, tweets about yes, this we film did. as well. We'd got, uh, first off, was at Asia Mania Pod. So you know, I've got to talk like this now because it's Ben Wyatt. Uh, and he put, how much did you cry during Christmas Chronicles 2? I did for about 70% of it. Sorry, Ben. You know what? we have to talk like that, Ben, whenever we read out your tweets. I'm only, I'm only doing this because I know he's on the other side of the world and he can't come across and beat me up. Because have you seen him? He's like carved out of stone now. He does wrestling and everything. He's like Tasmanian beef. So I, I can do a really bad accent knowing that he's about as far away from me as anybody can ever be. Uh, but he, he, he showed, you know, his sensitive side and he cried for about 70% of it. So, and I know you answered on Twitter, mate, but for everybody that hasn't seen it, percentage wise, crying during watching Christmas Chronicles 2, what would you break it down to percentage wise? 
Zero. <laughs> you hard-hearted bastard, Tom. <laughs> I mean, maybe I might have um, felt a bit misty-eyed at the, um, you know, oh, it was my dad at the airport. Hmm. But I was just too busy trying to work out the like logistics of if that was possible. So <laughs> you were adding it up, going, "I'm not that old." Out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that old. I can't die yet either, can I? You, you do. Imagine how I felt. Christ, it was like, oh my god, it was really bad. No, I d- I didn't cry either. There was some emotion. I mean, and fair play to Ben. He has got two young daughters as well, which just I think factors into it when you know. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 when you've got little kids like that, smaller kids. And um, another important fa- factor to remember is that he's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his daughters are not that young. Ben, <laughs> grow a pair, all right? Grow a pair. I bet your daughters weren't crying, were they? No, they were crying like, with Dad, laughing at you crying. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What are you doing? You're embarrassing us, <laughs> etc. Thank you, Sorry, for that, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. We always appreciate asking questions and comments. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll submit a lot more after that. That's it. <laughs> also on Twitter at Stu for actually, let me get this right. At sorry, Stu at Stu J four Z. Uh, Christmas Chronicles 2 was very enjoyable. Not as good as the original, but a Christmas film for the ages. Yeah, I think we've sort of said the same. It's not as good as the original. Christmas film for the ages? Mm, I don't know. I can think of a lot better Christmas films, personally speaking, obviously. But I think, I mean, because we always end, you know, the, the question for this when we get to the end of this is, was it worth watching? I think it was. I think it was worth watching. And, yes, just about. Yeah, and I think I'll probably revisit it again at some point. There might come a point where I'll go, you know what, it's Christmas Eve or whenever, you know, it's December at least. I think I'll watch the two Christmas Chronicles films. I'll think, you know, revisit them both at some point. Um, but when it comes to choosing a Christmas film to watch or films, this this wouldn't be high on my list. But it, it was... And is worth watching. Would you? Do you feel the same? Yeah, it's worth watching. Like it's not as like we've said, it's not as good as the original, but it's fun enough. I mean, yeah, you'll after seeing the first one, you'll want to watch the next one. So yeah, I mean, and as we're going back to it, uh, maybe. I mean, I'd watch another one. Yeah. If number three comes I mean, I was, out, I was toying with the idea of watching the original before watching the same, uh, same here. Second one, but, yeah. um, I never got around to it, but I think give a few more years, I might do that. Just you know, add a few more years and go. I can't remember much about the second one either. Now that's both of them. I remember sort of enjoying the second one, enjoying the first one a lot more. I'll revisit. And yeah, see what I happens. think that's how I'll remember it. Yeah, but it's going to be. That's going to have to be a few more years added onto the clock, maybe. If they go again, the cycle comes around another two years and part three comes out. Maybe before part three, might watch the first two again. I don't know. But yeah. There's so many films to watch at Christmas time, though, isn't there? You want to watch all the staples. So it's just like, do I have time to watch these two? And I want to watch, uh, well, like the film we're about to talk about again, or Home Alone again, and, Mm. you know, et cetera, like Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Or the best Christmas film ever in the whole entire world. Don't open until Christmas. Oh my god! Yeah, I came across. I don't know if that was a Facebook memory or something. I just came across that a couple of a week or two ago. I was like, oh my god, that! And still need to find that on Blu-ray. So like somewhere's got to be putting that out on Blu-ray. You'd think so. I've got it on DVD. We've got it lined up for. I think we're going to watch it on Christmas Eve. That was a gift. I mean, 
I think I'll be done with Christmas films by Christmas Eve. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we we've not done talking about Christmas films. No, let let's we'll sit back for a minute and we'll come back with another Christmas movie. the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. I don't remember all that kid chanting stuff in the film. Do you? Not at all. <laughs> Santa's watching. You better like. I don't know. That's not even in it. <laughs> An eighties film with stuff in the trailer that isn't in the film. I mean, I was getting annoyed with it halfway through the trailer. So good. But uh, yeah, oh I mean, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Mm, okay. Anyway, my pick was from nineteen eighty four. Uh, came out just before Christmas in nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. To a, a wave of controversy, um, it uh, is a 5.9 on IMDb, which is quite high considering mm. the quality of this film. It is. I think it's people like us that have rated this one up. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. A film that it I can't is. believe we've never covered. I know, it's crazy. I was thinking about it, and I think it's because it's a Christmas film and... <laughs> Back in the eighties, picture house days, and when and the time we've been doing decade of decadence, like we only have, we we only going to pick one film, you yeah. know, a year that's Christmas themed, and we may not even do that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were some December's where we didn't even pick a Christmas film. Yeah, true. So, um, I mean, if it was not a Christmas film, we might have uh, picked it earlier, but we haven't, and we're here to talk about it now. Thank God, <laughs> we couldn't let this one slide. No, it and uh, it's just been re-released in the United Kingdom. I believe it's in Scream Factory in the US, but it's been uh, released by 101 Films in a lavish box set uh, with its sequel, uh, well, one of its sequels, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, mm-hmm. with uh, an original title there, um, which comes with lots of bells and whistles like a book, and um, also some Silent Night, Deadly Night Christmas cards. Yeah. Which um, I'm not going to be sending to anyone. Not this year. Maybe next year. The um, the garbage day one from the second film is a is for probably the best one. Yeah. Anyway, this is a slasher film um, directed by Charles 
E. Sellier Jr. Mm-hmm. We all know and love Charles. <laughs> um, he used to be a Mormon. Did he? Yeah. Four four director credits. One of them. Yeah, I was checking. He's more of a producer. Like he's produced a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, but um, two out, yeah, two out did, of the four uh, are do, classics, do, though. What's that say? Two out of his four films that he's directed are classics. Annihilators, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Snowballing and a documentary <laughs> called Encounter with Disaster. Um, star, stars Robert Ryan Wilson, Lillian Chauvin, Gilmer McCormick, Tony, like the, a lot of people that you just know from this film. Yeah. and, and <laughs> Except, of course, um, former interview guest on um, I Speak Chesley now quickly. Yeah, exactly, yes. Who is uh, who does exactly what you expect? Then they quickly to do remove her clothing and get murdered. Yes, in in that order. But if you want someone in to do that, get the best. So. Why not get the best in the business for that? So this is about a young lad called Billy who witnesses his mum and dad being murdered um, when he was a young child with his baby brother in the backseat of the car. They both are, end up in a nun run um, home. You know, like. Kid, you know, for you know, adopt mm. like what do you call it? Convent, huh? not adoption. Yeah, yeah. Um, they end up there. It sort of goes, jumps forward in time as the kid as he's growing up. He doesn't like Santa because mum and dad were killed by a man eh, whose car broken down in a Santa suit who just robbed a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this seems to take place in the eighties. His entire youth, <laughs> making a decade last quite a while. Yeah. Um, considering this was only 1984. Um, but yeah, and it just goes on to when he's a young adult and he gets a job, uh-oh, in a toy shop. Oh, dear. And um, the um, shop owner's insistence that he become the Santa um, because the other guy is sick, just tips him over the edge. Dear, dear. Who, yeah, I've been doing Silent Night, Deadly Night for... Several years, I can't remember how long now, like 10, nine, 10 years. I don't know if that's when I first watched it. When were your memories of your first viewing of this? First viewing, it would have been whenever it came out to rent on VHS over here. Would have been, I remember watching it then and watched it a good few times. I, but I haven't seen it in such a long time, mate. Such, I'd say, 20 years plus since watched it the other night and tina uh who i watched it with had never seen it before no. at all it was her first time viewing of it which was yes, and she... interesting <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think probably my first thing was where i think arrow had the rights to this on dvd okay um it was probably then and that uh, that and christmas evil um they had the rights to the, that as well around the same kind of time yeah so uh well you don't really know where to start with this there's so much so bad it's good there is goodness well the thing is it's a double whammy though of why billy hates santa because of course like you said he witnesses his parents being um killed by the guy dressed up as santa he also when they visit billy's granddad in the old folks home and his granddad sort of pretending to be catatonic in the chair and for some reason, Billy's mum and dad and little sister, they go off into another room, leaving Billy with granddad, who you think is just sat there and can't move and can't speak. Turns out it's evil granddad who warns him 
about Santa Claus and says how evil Santa Claus is and he'll, you know, he'll fuck you up. If he, if he didn't say fuck you up to the kid, but if if you're naughty, don't be naughty because Santa will come and get you. And like the kids, the kids shitting himself. And then, then, of course, it's after that, after they've left Gramps, scary Gramps, that then he witnesses his, his parents and... Um, uh, no, it's not... It's not his little sister. It's the little brother. It's the little baby brother, isn't it? He witnesses his parents being killed by Santa Claus. So it's a double whammy of Santa's, like, really yeah. evil and bad thing. Tiny, tiny little thing. But I don't know why, why it got to be Gramps and his bloody double negative. Because Gramps says to Billy uh, that, and I quote, Santa only gives presents to kids that ain't done nothing wrong. That's double negative, Gramps. That ain't done nothing wrong. That means Santa only gives presents to kids that have done something wrong. Small thing. Sorry. He's old, you know. Gramps and the bloody double negatives. I will say, if you like boobs, this is the movie to watch because they're all over the place. You said earlier about Linnea getting hers out. I think every female character, it must have been written into the script somewhere. You're female, you sign up, you've got to get your boobs out. To the point, this is, this is the first one where little Billy and his parents are killed by the by the guy dressed up as Santa, drags his mum out of the car, rips the top open to get her boobs out, and you think, oh, is he, you know, sex, something going to happen here? No, it just cuts, cuts her throat, leaves her there. No need <laughs> to get her tits out whatsoever. It's like, and that sets the scene for every female character yeah, like, going yeah, forward, um, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not um, a unpleasant rape scene or anything. It's literally just yeah, Phil the Crota. Yeah. I don't think you go more than like. I mean, it's only a short film. It's only eighty minutes. I don't think you even go ten minutes without. Oh, we got to get some female nipples on show. No, yeah, like Leia Quigley's character and um, the other character, like, were literally just there to be, you know, to stretch things out and murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah, and have sex on a pool table or a snooker table. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, what you do on Christmas Eve. Of course, sex on the pool table, mate. That's, you know. And the guy in it had the horrendous line, was it a ball in the corner pocket as a, ch- you know, like a seduction line. Like, <laughs> what? That's, yeah. Not sexy. No, not sexy at all, mate. No. Like, snooker's not sexy. Just... No. You can think of sexier, sexier things to do than that, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that does set the tone for it. You know it's going to be one of those 80s horror films where there's going to be lots of female topless scenes and uh, lots of killing in it. The killing, cracking kills in it as well. You know? Yeah, I watched the on the 101 Blu-ray, there's an extended cut on the second disc. So I was hmm. like, oh, don't think I've seen an extended cut of this film. There's, uh, there's a couple of really brief, like, it holds, like, because you can tell, um, because it's in SD, like, um, yeah, they haven't... that's what we saw, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so, like, there's a couple of little bits, but nothing didn't really add to too much to the existing thing. Most of it was just, you know, just alternate shots, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but there's some good kills. I think the most actually it did add was Linnea Quigley getting put on the uh, antlers. Yeah. That was much gorier because it helpfully when they you could tell what was added. Yeah, it was the antlers. You actually saw it coming through her belly, didn't you? Yeah. Whereas in the original, it's just her a brief shot of her hanging on them. Yeah. After the boyfriend gets um, yeeted through a window, so 
can we talk about Billy as a kid, Billy the kid, and his amazing left hook that he's got? I mean, he flattened that Santa. He gets because he, he's like we said, little Billy traumatized, kids killed by Santa. Grandpa said Santa's evil and, and will get you. So he's got this phobia <laughs> and the comfort place where he's at. The, uh, the, um, I was going to say, Tina's going to kill me for this. I was going to say the main nun. What's the name of the main nun in a convent place? Um, oh, Mother my. Superior. Mother Superior takes him to this. Big nun. Big nun. Nun number no, one. Number one nun. Big nun. Takes him and says, well, you got us on Santa's knee because Santa's visiting for the kids for Christmas. And Billy, he unwinds this left hook onto Santa that sends him flying out of his chair. That is amazing, mate. It is absolutely amazing. I think it was and at that point. That I've got saved on my phone as well. <laughs> I think it's then that Tina first said, oh, I love this film. <laughs> it's her yeah, love... I hadn't even realised Tina hadn't seen it. Yeah, and yeah, seen she it. seemed to enjoy it she, a lot, a lot. She so, uh... loved it, mate. And, you know, Psycho Santa after a mother superior in a wheelchair is that's that's right. <laughs> Rest, up there. Tina's recipe for a five star movie. <laughs> that's it. It could do no wrong with all just with those two <laughs> things in it. Yeah, she she absolutely loved it. Uh, I think I, with the kills and everything, like some really good kills and all of that, I think the scariest and most horrific thing that you see in the entire one, and we watched the extended cut as well, like I said, was you see Billy. So Billy grows up, and you know he's now a man, uh, which you see quite clearly because there's he's on the bed naked with another woman, and there's this slow panning shot up of these. Oh two, my god! It's the same thing I was about to say. Two entwined naked bodies. And and it and it moved. The camera is just like moving so slowly, and it's going from the legs. And you think, oh, two legs entwined. Yes, they, you know they're having sex, but they're not. They're not having sex. They're just lying together. And it gets, and you see, you see Billy's incredibly hairy ass. Oh, the hairy ass! So I have a crack as well. Oh, and it, you think, and it comes into view, like screen oh. screen left, and it's just panning across left Great to right, right. And you're thinking, right, cut the shot. Cut the shot. <laughs> Cut the fucking shot now. Because you get, even though you don't want to look at it, you're sort of drawn to it because it, it is, oh, it's just a horrible, hairy arse. I mean, thought, yeah, it doesn't help, like, the, it looks great, but not that bit. Like, the, the Blu-ray looks really good. Like, but I can't remember <laughs> if it's 2K or 4K remastered, but, like, I knew, like, after I saw a different sex scene in it earlier on, I was just like, oh, God, this is this has got that hairy arse, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was coming, and oh, it was pretty brutal in you know done up like that. Why didn't anybody tell him? You know, rehearsals. Oh, right, you got to get in the bed. We're going to set you up. We're going to put. And the thing is, they pose him for his legs, so that you get a really good view of the hairy crack. You know, they could oh, have even posed him differently. Your hairy ass crack. Why didn't they tell him? Oh, you might just have to do a bit of a trim there. Mate. Uh, but you know, if it'd been on a cheek, it'd have been a bit better. But like, it was right over crack, man. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I could live. I could live like that. If I had a hairy ass crack, I'd have shaved it. Oh, you needed like shears as the first. You couldn't even, you know, you couldn't do the waxing. That you'd need shears to trim it down first to get rid of the first couple of feet of hair that was coming out of his ass, and then sort of shave the rest. It was. It was. That was the most horrific thing in the entire eighty-minute running time. It 
was yeah that was if you're going to wake up screaming of anything remembering the film it's his it's his hairy arse crack it was horrible horrible um yeah go on then go on sorry i had to jump in with that area it comes still you just... know that was my exact next point when you started talking about the most <laughs> horrific moment and i was gonna be like oh well my most horrific moment was the arse crack but so but you are yeah, we're well, on the same page are, there. It, and it was the tina's granddad, tina's as the granddad well. looked pretty scary in a bill remastered on blu-ray as well i bet granddad's ass crack wasn't as hairy as billy's it's a choice that i mean he must like the actor like i don't know if he frequent screenings of it or does conventions or anything like that but if he does he will have heard that a lot i'm sure he must have done imagine if that's the picture if that's the screen grab you take for him to sign his, you're eight his, by ten of his it's hairy ass crack can you sign this please yeah, <laughs> sign it on the cheek <laughs> sorry mate go on yeah i mean oh all that, all that talk about ass i know yeah it's thrown you now that's it it has it has um so yeah, so he's become San he becomes Santa, that tips him over the edge. Um he has super strength as well. He yeah. really hoists the lad he works with the dickhead lad in the toy shop who works with him up a bit. Like really lifts him up high. He yeah, he wraps I mean it's a couple of things about this. He got you know, the thin Christmas tree lights, isn't it? He wraps it around his neck, the guy's neck, and he picks him up one handed. One handed, he lifts him off the air. And you'd think the Christmas tree lights would snap anyway. But the fact that he can just lift, it, you know, another guy up with one hand, you're going, is this sort of like Jason slash Michael Myers super strength that he's got? Um, but I don't think it appears anywhere else in the film. You, you know, they don't sort of make a point of he's super strong, do they? Yeah, and he's not like a, a lad who's appear. You know, you'd think would be strong in in any way. But you he, he just, yeah, as you say, one handed by the throat. Picks him up and does him in with a thing of Christmas lights, obviously. Mm. I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, it, this is where the um, remaster came in quite handy, was in the um, the toy shop looking at the toys in the background because oh, yeah. these are all legit toys as well. I mean, yeah. it looked like a set, but it looked like a set that had been dressed with re- dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of real toys because yeah. the most notable one I saw, which I'd never seen before, which, again, thanks... 101 films for you know this it was a crawl yes. board game yes it was and it makes you go i want that now yeah i thought i want to play a crawl board game yeah. really? yeah that for christmas i wasn't old enough but yeah it was good all that and there was a load of um oh what was that tina pointed it out there was quite a few star wars related things that were in the background too uh but yeah looking in the background in that toy store scene was amazing to go, well, look at that, look at that, and all of those. But yeah, the crawl one was definitely a highlight out of everything that was in the store. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder, like, I mean, it just didn't, it looked like a, it didn't strike me as a toy shop. No, no. But, uh, I mean, God, why didn't, that's a lot of expense to get all that, all those toys in. Maybe they just, I don't know, rented them, I don't know, loaned them out, or I don't know. Because <laughs> it had got the look of just, you know, some warehouse yeah absolutely got then, yeah and then just dress the set yeah it wasn't and it wasn't you know just like generic boxes or anything it was full of legitimate toys yeah, so yeah so yeah that's a really good scene to look at on the background of it was a toy store as well because later on in the film uh you know there's quite a few things happening in the toy store 
But there's one bit where there's a woman, and and this is so typical of horror films, especially the 1980s, where there's a female character who's trying to get away from the killer. Uh, And first of all, she's hiding from him. And she's hiding behind a load of empty cardboard boxes. (laughs) Which, again, you've said super strength, and he picks up a guy with one hand, but when a load of empty cardboard boxes fall on him, he goes down like a sack of shit, and he's lying there. And you think, and like he's got the axe, and you think, and the woman picks up the axe, and obviously you'd go, twat him in the head with the axe. He's lying on the floor. You've got the axe. But no, she goes like running off and tries to and then you think oh she's going to smash the windows with the axe to escape because the doors are locked she, no she doesn't do that she just panics but what she gets is she gets a bow and arrow set and shoots him with an arrow we're in yeah. a to- we're in a toy store mate that sells proper bow and arrow when i was a kid if you wanted a bow and arrow from a toy store they got a little sucker on the end it was those this toy store sells crawl box sets star wars figures and real life fucking bow and arrows that you can kill with yeah what yeah. was that yeah what was that doing it's not there? Something you, you just have at work <laughs> it's not is it they just go they Very go for strange. they go for realism in the bow and arrow toys but yeah that was that was but you know that's what I love about 80s films like this is all the ridiculous shit that happens in it. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, another point I had, I mean, I've always thought this about the film, the songs, the music, the Christmas songs. Yeah. Now, apart from two, in the, you know, when they're having their Christmas party in the toy shop and um, I think they do We Wish You Merry Christmas and one other, have you ever heard these songs before Never. other than prior viewings of Silent Night, Deadly Night? no. Never in my life before or after. Can they, like, have Christmas films that expensive that you just cheaped out and just seemingly in your own? Because I know them now, like, Santa's watching, Santa's... (laughs) I'd like, that is now a quiz, that is, why don't they play that in the shops? Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's just off this shite. (laughs) (laughs) He's a Christmas slasher. But, yeah, yeah, I just always found it. just like, could they not sprit... Like, you've just filled a warehouse set full of toys could you not spring for some actual christmas songs oh i know that's but like you say they do get stuck in your head that's the thing about them earworms that one especially i mean there's a few but yeah Yeah. i was wondered why they just didn't have christmas songs in i thought they'd be sort of cheap yeah you think so you know like the hymns yeah maybe they're not one thing that wouldn't get when I was one thing that I was watching, I thought, oh, this this would never get shown in films today. Is where Billy, you know, is is the adult now and he's going on the killing spree as Santa Claus, yes. and he's in. I think he's in the he's in the shopping mall somewhere, and he comes across this little girl, and you think, oh, he's going to kill her. She's going to be next because he's at this point he's killing indiscriminately. It's like Linnea Quigley and you know her boyfriend who were shagging on the pool table why did he go in that house was there any reason he was just picking people indiscriminately wasn't he or did we miss something about why he was just no that just seemed i mean that was just to drag things out so i think um yeah it was just by it was just by pure chance and luck that he found somewhere where you'd have a topless woman as well for the film but he's yeah so he meets the little girl and you think oh he's gonna kill her but then she says no and he asks her have you been naughty he said, no 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 because that's the thing isn't it it's the whole thing you know if you're naughty santa's gonna kill you no i've been good i've been good uh and he gives her a present a stanley knife that he's already used to kill people with this bloody <laughs> stanley knife and he hands it over to this little girl and we're thinking that wouldn't be put in a film today handing a bloody stanley knife over to a little girl 
<laughs> being there. I think that's the only person that he meets that he doesn't kill. Uh, because there is there's a lot of killing in this. There is a lot of killing in it, even to the point... It's When you were... Oh, I'm trying to think. How old would you say? There's, so there's two kids. It's late at night. It's dark. For some reason, these two kids have gone out in the middle of the woods, and it's been snowing, and they've got a sled, a toboggan. Is that something you do at sort of their age? You go, oh, it's about midnight. It's a bit snowy. I think I'll take the sled out. It's like, no, wouldn't do that. They say, oh, and they get there and they're so excited that they're going to use this toboggan. Virgin snow. Because they make a joke about it. Oh, that's, that's the only virgin you're going to get. Virgin, look at all yeah. this. Look at all this virgin snow. <laughs> it's been trampled. The whole film crew's been all over it. <laughs> and it's supposed to be virgin snow. There wasn't one smooth piece of snow to be seen in the inside. They entire... went out of their way to make sure there wasn't. <laughs> there was nothing. And it's like, virgin snow. If that, oh, I was just in hysterics. Going, Look at the state of that fucking snow. Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, they get killed decapitation it was good as well because it's again you know no cg practical effects some were a bit shoddy but it's part of the charm for it when somebody's head gets chopped off and then you see the head rolling down the virgin snow hill uh it's yeah it just all adds to it because and again some of the effects are really good yeah 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 when you've got axes going into people and blood flying everywhere no cg blood proper blood yes my usual gripe is back again <laughs> CG, yeah. CG blood. Um, I think one of the highlights of the film um, near the end is obviously is the killer Santa on the loose. Yes, uh, police are being asked to look out for Santas, and yes. a a Santa who's just a Santa decides <laughs> to go to the um, the kid where the kids home, and uh, you know, surprise all the kids, all the little orphans, um, orphanage. There it is. Um, and uh, obviously, the police think he's Billy as Santa, and gun him down in front of the children. <laughs> so bleak, but also you can't help but laugh a little it's bit. It's hilarious because they go, they think they've got Billy as Santa. <laughs> he's just been, you said, he's been gunned down with all the kids there, and he's dead. And who is it? Oh, the description of the body. It's it doesn't sound like Billy. Is is older than Billy. And it's oh dear, not only is it just a guy, it's 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 Father O'Brien, <laughs> it's Father O'Brien, and then we were pissing ourselves like I said, Christina's not seen it. Oh, it's not Billy. Ah, it's Father O'Brien, and then they go, oh, and he didn't hear the shout, the warning shouts, because he's deaf. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> it's <laughs> poor deaf, kindly Father O'Brien oh. just get gunned down <laughs> in front in front of the kids. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. That was brilliant, mate. Inspired. Absolutely inspired. I was just like howling because I'd forgotten, because it's been so long since I've watched it, I'd forgotten so much of it. Uh, there's just like, just little, obviously, the scene with Linnea Quigley that sticks in the mind, but that's been shown in so many horror compilations all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But the majority of it I'd forgotten about. So, even this stuff, when it came up, oh, yeah, and it was, it was deaf Father O'Brien that's been killed. It was, and you should be going, oh, no, we were just pissing ourselves laughing. We're going, yes, that is just brilliant. Genius, genius writing right there. Uh, but yeah, it's, 
and it, I mean, of course, I think I've given it away. Already. Tina loved it, absolutely loved it so much. So that as well as don't open till Christmas, that's, you know, regular viewing, Christmas viewing, rare exports again. That's going to make another showing. She wants to see Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Look, look what you've started, Tom, now. Look what you've started. Well, I mean, I believe it's on Prime. It is. We checked today, actually. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, do be warned about that, Phil. And once we finish recording, I'm actually going to watch it. Um, <laughs> I do remember it being pretty heavy of footage from a first film near the start. Yeah. But obviously there is, if nothing else, it's garbage day. <laughs> I could barely remember the context other than it's a brother going around. Uh, I don't even know if this bit's said at Christmas, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it is garbage day. Okay. I shall have to watch that. Again, yeah. I saw it on VHS, not seen it again for a long, long time, so I can't, I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've am i not seen it in a while. I don't really, I think I've only seen it once before, possibly, but I mean, I probably watched for video of it's garbage on youtube several hundred times but yeah. um yeah i'm going to give that a go next it's actually a further three sequels it goes up to silent night deadly night five i haven't seen any of the others oh i don't think i have i think malcolm mcdowell shows up in one or someone like that I've got like yeah of course he does oh no oh does he show up there was a 2012 2010 2012 remake yes the one and, yeah um, yeah i think he shows up in that he's in there somewhere what a weird film to remake let's go oh. Yeah, no, let's, let's remake this. What a strange choice. Yeah, because we haven't even touched on the controversy surrounding its release, because obviously parent groups were up in arms because it was a film about a Santa going around murdering, doing murders, doing a murder mm. on everyone. But kids shouldn't have been watching it anyway, should they? So Well, no, but, you know, like, I think there's posters and stuff, yeah. but like, kids need to grow a pair. They do, yeah. They need to know, don't be naughty, or else this is Santa will come with an axe and kill him. That's, you know, that's the way to get kids to be good these days, you know. Anyway. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> give them, give them so, a bloody Stanley knife for the present. So was it, is the question, was it worth re-watching? Oh, definitely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so glad to revisit this. Uh, again, like I said, after so long as well. Won't be leaving it as long for the next one. Um, no, and so. especially so because Tina will be. I think next Christmas already it'll be. Oh yeah, let's add this to the Christmas film list. I'm sure, definitely worth rewatching. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. It was an absolute joy to watch it. It's got everything. Everything I love about like 80s movies in it. It was just, yeah, um, yeah. Highly recommended, mate. Very, very good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I say, can't believe we never talked about it before. It's so entertaining. It's uh, a classic. So bad, it's good. Christmas slasher with some legitimately good things in, like you know the kills and the, all of that, uh, and the boobs. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I will be watching it next year and the year after, all being well. Yeah. So, I mean, I love to see it on the big screen. There's some films, oh, you know, they will. Yeah. I mean, what with there not being a lot of other films on at the cinema at the moment, there's more Christmas films on on cinemas at the moment. I think uh, my audience is going to show Scrooge, which is great because I've never seen that on a big screen. But I like. I mean. My Odin might be showing Silent Night, Deadly Night on a big screen, but it'd be cool to see a lot of Prince Charles or something like that. It's isn't it the perfect film to get a load of people into the into the cinema, big screen, everybody you know who obviously loves the film. What an atmosphere! You imagine all the, all the 
laughing and shouting yeah. and screaming. It would be such a great atmosphere for a film like this. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see it on big screen. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, maybe next Christmas that will happen. Yeah. I'll, when I when I finally return to Prince Charles Cinema, I'll get me a go downstairs to their chalkboard and and write it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the first time. I'm sure this is the first time this has happened, mate. Uh, I've only been using Letterboxd since January the 1st this year. This is the first time that both of our Decade of Decadence films, we've given them both the exact same score. Really? Honestly, I had a look and I thought, holy shit. We we both gave... Exactly. We both gave (laughs) Christmas Chronicles 2, two and a half stars. And we both gave Silent Night, Deadly Night, three and a half and we, well, what a Christmas gift. We can, we're completely in lockstep with each other, mate, for both films. What a, what a, a fitting way to end the year. <laughs> we both completely agree on everything. Will that continue? Highly doubtful, I guess. But will that continue when uh, we go to the January show? Let's find out what we're going to watch to begin 2021. So, time watch, what's it going to be, Tom? So, 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 the first time watch is something off Prime that I've chosen because of a poster. <laughs> That's a good but enough reason. I have, I have gone on Letterboxd and it is, it passes our criteria that we've spoke about earlier in the year or like last year, whenever that was, we were, when we made the decision, we're wasting our time with some of these. <laughs> so, um, this is a, well, I was described as an action film. I think there's going to be a bit of musical in there as well. Um, James Fargo directed it, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, it's called Voyage of the Rock Aliens from once again <laughs> 1984. Voyage of the Rock Aliens, a title I can honestly say, mate, that I've I've never come across that before at all. I looked at the poster and it's like, nope, nope, nope. Why is this never crossed in front of me at any point since 1984? I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I hope it's not the most obvious reason, but we'll find out. We shall find out. So there you go, people. There's one to watch. So it's on Prime. Yeah, um, yeah you can watch along on Prime, Yeah, of course. Uh, right, my choice. Well, I typed in. I thought, okay, New Year 1981 was 40 years ago. Go to the internet. Films released in January 1981. List comes up. I thought, I haven't seen that for a long time. I'll pick that one. Just before we started recording, I brought stuff up online. Whatever website I went to, mate, fucking lied to me because this was not released in January 1981. It was released in 1981. So it's still the 40th anniversary, but it's it's not to the month because it was released in, it's looking now, September in America, and it was released in November 1981 in the UK. So fuck knows what website I went to. I was on the phone and, I don't know, briefly looking. Anyway, it is Stripes, Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis, uh, directed by Ivan Reitman. Haven't seen it in a long time. The last This is a yet another one, mate. The last time I watched it was VHS. I picked up DVD of it from CEX, which is like a second-hand store over here in the UK. Oh, years ago, it's one of those... DVDs that are sat on my shelf 
And they've got, oh, I'll watch that. Oh, no, I'll watch that one instead. So I'm finally going to pick the DVD up off the shelf, mate, and watch it. Stripes. Nice. I haven't nice. seen it in a long, long time. Because, of course, and that's, so of course, I went to your letterbox, and your letterbox goes back to stuff from 2012. Onwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit missing here yeah. and there. It's missing here and there. But I thought, oh, Stripes isn't on there. I, but I knew you'd have, this is a film I knew that you'd have, uh, have watched. So, and you haven't seen it for a long time either, have you? Oh, no, I can't remember. I mean, it might have been in that 2012 time. I vaguely remember it seeing it in my old house. So, yeah. Yeah, sometime in the last decade. Yeah. I mean, once we get into it, it's got an amazing cast, great director and all of this. And I sort of remember enjoying it, but can't remember much about it at all. So that's the rewatch pick. And again, people listening, any comments, questions about it, tweet us, or email us, and we'll... We'll address them in the January show. Um, 2021, May. I remember the end of 2019. I think it was the, the last show we recorded together then. Oh, we had such great plans for this year. <laughs> Both of us I, mean, I don't great. want to say we jinxed it, but like I'm not saying like we were going like 2020, year of change. Yeah. Yeah, we were right. Yeah, but... <laughs> Not in the way that we thought. Yeah, so we're not going to... I'm, I'm, like, I'll speak for you, Dave, but I'm not going to say anything like nope. that because... No, nope, me neither. That's it. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. We'll just be back in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, until then, website, everybody knows, 60mw.co.uk. Go there. Everything's on there. The links to our social media, all sorts of things. Uh, and again, it's December, Christmas coming, Christmas present. If you want to treat us, best thing to do, two minutes of your time, Write us a little review and we'll put it up on the website sections on there. That helps us loads of different ways. That will make our Christmas easy to do, two minutes of your time. Go and visit news, reviews, everything's on there all the time. Uh, right, Tom. So this is it for this year, recording together. Like I say, it'll be a completely different year next time. And uh, Christmas will be done and dusted. So Yep, a, a tough year finished with. Yes, yes. So do you, 2020. It's here's to yeah. here's to twenty twenty one and another year. This will be our ninth year of podcasting together. Come June, next yep, year. and a year where we will we will be reunited. I know. At last, at last, we can get together again. Yeah, October October last year was the last time. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be well. I mean, worth it's been longer spells, but I mean, I don't think I don't think it was our you know our intention to. Mm-hmm. We would have seen each other a couple of times at least in 2020 yeah but uh yeah we will we will reunite and it will be delightful it shall be delightful mate it shall be (laughs) so everybody thank you for listening to uh to us during this year and we've got plenty more planned going forward you know the films that we're going to talk about like i said get in touch with us uh your thoughts questions anything like that get them to us uh and a nice little review would be very nice too so until next year tom until next year let us both say cheerio, goodbye, Merry Christmas, however you celebrate it, happy holidays, all the best for a new year. Let's all stick two fingers or just the middle finger up to this year and we'll be back in uh, 2021. So uh, let's do our usual awkward goodbye and goodbye. Goodbye, happy holidays. And if you don't celebrate it, happy December. <laughs>